You know, somebody once said to me that it takes decades to become an overnight sensation. And that is really true. You know, it's it's all that prep work that takes you there for suddenly people to go, oh, my goodness, <laughs> you, you're suddenly doing this. And I'm like, well, no, actually, I've been doing it for 35 years. <laughs> Hello all, you are listening to the Capsule in Conversation podcast. I'm Natalie Anderson and today I'm joined by the First Lady of Wellbeing, Liz Earle, to talk how to find true balance, the importance of giving back and the simple steps to calm. So for the first time in this brand new season, make yourself comfortable and get ready to join us in our conversation. Welcome back to a brand new series, season seven. It is so lovely to have you all with us. Hope you're all well and have had a gorgeous summer. Ours was jam-packed and full of adventure. So now I'm ready for a little bit of coziness and calm and to regain a bit of balance. Now, thankfully, my very special guest today is an expert at creating a wholesome, healthy environment to protect your well-being. Having published over 36 books on varying topics, including beauty, health, menopause, and nutrition, She's also the namesake and the co-founder of one of the biggest natural beauty companies in the world. An active philanthropist, recognised by the Queen for her charity work alongside her entrepreneurial prowess, she is the incredible Liz Earle. Hi Liz! Oh my goodness, thank you so much for that. So lovely to be here. I'm not sure if I can live up to all of that, but I'm going to try in our conversation. <laughs> well, I'm sure you will. So my mum's worked in beauty for years on counter. And when I said, like of all the guests that I've had, when I said, oh mum, we've got um, Liz Earle. <gasps> she was literally like beside herself. Oh. And as was I as well, because I think what's so lovely about you and, and you, you know, you've got this on your Instagram is that you are there to help women of all ages from varying different, different things. Um, and one of the original pioneers, I think, of getting well-being into the mainstream, you know, first appearing on This Morning over 30 years ago. Where did that interest stem from? Well, do you know, my first job was in magazines as a, a junior in the beauty department. So that's going back more than 35 years. And it was at a time when natural health and well-being was just really being discussed. And I was sent off as the new kid to go and interview nutritionists and complementary therapists. And I had very bad skin at the time. I had a real struggle with eczema. And, you know, I have five children. They all have inherited that, unfortunately. So we managed that quite well as a family. So it was when I first came across a naturopath who said I could change my skin by changing my diet, not skincare, but actually what goes on on the inside, that for me was a massive light bulb moment. And I've been writing about health and nutrition and well-being ever since. And it's kind of the wellness world has caught up. You know, my, my first book, Vital Oils, was, was published 30 years ago about the importance of oil and fat in the diet which at the time was counterculture. You know, it was all about having low fat yogurts and no fat. And actually we need fat, you know, we need good fat. So I'm very glad that it's the pendulum has swung back a bit. Completely. And as you just said then, you know, my best friend, when she had her two little girls, they both suffered with eczema because they mm. had allergies to egg. And she mm. went off and did her own research. But everybody said at the time, you know, like nearly 20 years ago, that it was all a bit hippy dippy. And it was like, oh, you know, go to the doctor, you can get a steroid cream for that. But she was absolutely adamant. She's like, I have 
checked everything in their diet and it's every time they have egg. But as you say, finally, we're kind of catching up. But you know, you be like spearheading this movement back back in the 90s. And I know obviously in the 90s, like I was growing up in the 90s and there was this whole kind of Primrose Hill set and, you know, Kate Moss and everything was kind of coming to the fore within the wellness business. And at that time, you co-founded the Liz Earl Beauty Company with, mm-hmm. with your friend Kim in 1995. Being one of the first big beauty companies that really looked after kind of cruelty-free and all-natural, you know, at the time when you had the big Estee Lauders and the other big massive companies, the American companies that were just additives and everything. Mm. What were your goals at the time with it? Well, it's a really interesting question. And I think you do need to rewind the clock a little bit because Kim and I set up the beauty company, gosh, it must be over 25 years ago now. And neither of us are connected in any way anymore. Obviously, now the brand was sold back in 2010. But when we set it up, there it was really because there was a gap in the market. And, there, you know, you either had the big brands, the big global corporate brands and that were sold behind counters. And it was all a bit scary to go and talk to these beautiful sales consultants. Or you had mass market. You know, you went into a supermarket or a high street chemist and you picked up a, you know, a jar of something that was you know, produced in some, you know, German factory and, and sold for not very much. And there's, there was nothing really in between. It's hard to imagine that now because now we have so many amazing niche brands and literally, you know, my my job now is um, editing my Lizelle Wellbeing magazine is I get sent so many things. There's a new beauty range, literally lands on my desk almost every day. But back then that wasn't the case. And I really felt very strongly that I wanted to use potent botanicals in a dose that made a difference in a really simple way and and sell it at a good price and so we did mail order and actually mail order back then was was again it was very new we used to get envelopes with these things called checks inside <laughs> and you know and we would process the the, the letter and and you know that you'd get a little cutout a coupon in a magazine or something that you'd fill in your name and address and send it off to the Isle of Wight and then we'd send the package out so it was all quite groundbreaking and then obviously it went online and it, and, it, and it all changed and went retail as well. This episode of The Capsule in Conversation is brought to you by Harrogate Spring Water. Famous for its waters since 1571, Harrogate is Britain's premium natural source water. What were your favourite products? I mean, I, for me, like whenever I'm thinking of you, of you guys, my favourite product of all time is the hot cloth cleanser. And whenever I've done a show, yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> best. And like, if you like, when I've been working um, in the theatre, it's the one thing mm-hmm. I go to to immediately yeah. rebalance me after a show. Just that that the oils, the smell, everything. Yeah. Talk to me about how you developed that. So, I mean, using a cloth is not new. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't invent that. And, you know, it's been used, people have used muslin cloths and silk cloths, you know, particularly in Japan for centuries, if not thousands of years. And it's a very gentle way of exfoliating the skin. And, and I think what everything I try to do is keeping life in balance as much as possible. 
and just using a cream that doesn't foam on the skin, doesn't disrupt the skin. And like you, I love it. You know, I, I'm super proud of it. It's almost like my sixth child. I'll probably have a gravestone in the shape of a cleanse. I've actually got that as a question to say to you. Is it like your sixth child literally <laughs> <Yeah>. here? <laughs> it is. And, you know, since the company's been sold, I, I don't think the formulation's changed. It's still there. I still use it every day. I literally, I've just used it. I've been in the gym. I've just used it on my face just now. Um, but other things have come in and I think it's a very interesting time in beauty. So, for example, as I age, I now use lots of other things like retinols, for example, mm -hmm. and I take supplements specifically for my skin. I use niacinamide. I use vitamin C serums. I use laser and light technology. These things weren't around when when Kim and I were starting the beauty company. Otherwise, we would probably be doing that now ourselves, too. But you've definitely spearheaded that movement, though, because, again, being in a similar space, I see through my work that a lot of the women that I speak to on Instagram or that have built beauty companies, they are doing back how you did it, mail order. So they're yeah. doing things where they're creating things at home, creating all natural products. And that kind of model is... It started with you, really, and kind of making that kind of business. And there's one of these, the quotes that I've seen from you, which is amazing. Your your working mantra has always been, build it slow to build it strong, crawl, yeah. walk, then run to build a business that will stand the test of time. Yeah. And that's so true, isn't it? Because so many people go out there and try to be fast and furious and create like something that's hot. But to stick around, you really need to build foundations. Absolutely. That is one of my favorite expressions. And I tell that to my children now, particularly, because I think there is the feeling in today's young entrepreneurs that it's all got to happen immediately. You know, if, if somebody doesn't like your post within seconds, you know, you're panicking about it. And I guess I grew up where we used to, you know, write letters to people and wait for replies. And, you know, there is that sort of slowness to it. And I think if you can put down really strong, solid foundations that is going to stand you in good stead when when stuff happens, because, you know, let's face it, stuff inevitably does happen and you need to be secure. It's like, you know, being secure in your relationship or being secure in, you know, physically secure in your body or, you know, or building your house on rock rather than on sand. So, yes, I think if something's worth doing, obviously it's worth doing well. And that means that it's going to take time and effort and, you know, somebody once said to me that it takes decades to become an overnight sensation. And that is really true. You know, it's it's all that prep work that takes you there for suddenly people to go, oh, my goodness, <laughs> you, you're suddenly doing this. And I'm like, well, no, actually, I've been doing it for 35 years. <laughs> It's exactly that, you know, even in like the acting industry, you you mm. work and work and work and work. And then it might be that one thing that you land in your 40s or whatever. It's like, oh, they're an overnight sensation. It was like, well, no, they were doing rep and they were doing all kinds of different yeah, theatre. Exactly. You know, it's the same in the beauty space. Um, Like I said to you earlier, my mum worked on the counters. I worked on counter as well for years from being yeah. 16, 17. So my love for beauty has been growing and growing and wellness and this entry into this space didn't just happen overnight but you know I do listen to to women that have forged incredible businesses and even when you've got those moments where you think oh what am I doing you have to work through that don't you like you say if you've got passion for it and you feel yeah. there's a purpose I love those two words passion and purpose they go together so well so first off passion if you if you're not passionate about it please don't do it because it will become all consuming and it will take so much time and money and effort and thought 
and you have to be passionate and also passion persuades you know people get carried along with you because they can see how much it matters and the authenticity and the trust that comes with that and I think purpose is so important I'm actually writing a book for next year about how to have a better second half of life and a big part of that this is probably a bit of a scoop actually is, um, <laughs> is all about purpose because you think why am I getting up in the morning What's it all about? What does it all mean? And I think for so many of us, as we age, we've come out of dreadful years of lockdown and having you know, our freedoms curtailed, thinking, how do I want to live my life? What, what is my purpose? What is my legacy as well? What am I going to hand on? Is the world a better place for me having been here? And I think hopefully we will all want to tick that box and that happens with purpose. I think as well, that's really important for women as well. I mean, obviously it's important for men, but I think with women, um, whether you've had children or not, you get to a certain point in your life. I mean, I'm turning 41 this year and even I'm now starting to feel it only because my son's going to secondary school next year. Mm. And I've all of a sudden had the flutter of, oh my God, we had to fill in his form. It's not going to be that long and he's going to be going. Mm. And I'm trying to get everything I possibly can because I've suddenly thought it's not going to be long. And then what? what is my purpose? I know I've got a business and I know all that, but my purpose as his mummy is going to disappear quite quickly. Oh, I don't know, Natalie. I don't know. So my eldest is 31, Lily, and she was here this weekend. And we had just such great chats and kind of life lessons. And I think you, you can impart knowledge. And I would hope that she would definitely say that I have a purpose in her life as to what I can share and discuss with her as a mother, not as a friend. I don't mm. think mothers should necessarily be friends. You can obviously have a friendship. That's great. But your role is as a, as a mother and they only have one. So, you know, step up and, and do that job properly. And as children get older, the issues and the things they want to talk about get bigger mm. and even more important. You know, you can't just drop them off for a play date somewhere and come back later and they'll be all happy because they've got a new balloon. You know, it's it's very different. You know, it's about, I don't know, sex, drugs, relationships, mortgages, jobs, life moves. So I think actually your your role will become even more important than it is now. a lovely quote that you said about Lily that's you know talking about how you learn through your children mm -hmm. and how she's taught you different things as well about how to see the world and where where the world is at now so much um so much yeah something that I also love about you Liz is that you know when you started the Liz Earl Beauty Company you also allowed a budget for charity mm -hmm. and I know that charity work is so important to you and a lot of those charities were charities that needed um like woman to woman you know female empowerment yeah. way before this movement way this is what I mean he's like you spearheaded everything <laughs> well before the movement what was it that made you really want to work with those charities above everything else I think I do recognize that I'm very fortunate and you know a lot of doors have been open to me obviously I take the step to walk through them but it's all about opportunity. And I think a lot of women, particularly in the world, don't have opportunity, whether it's with education, healthcare, um, even, you know, just basic things like having the right to vote or the right to have clean water. And I spent quite a lot of time in East Africa, in Kenya, and I started going on field trips there to source botanicals. My family have had a home there for, for many decades. And I still spend a lot of time there. And actually, I, I set up a humanitarian charity called Live Twice, which is all about offering opportunity 
And if you have opportunity, then you have growth and you can make change. And I love better getting involved with projects and charities and NGOs that make a difference, particularly to women. So, for example, I'm an ambassador for the Royal Osteoporosis Society and um, for ACE Africa, which is an African one, and the Soil Association. And oh, my goodness, there are so many. I, I lose track, actually. I've probably missed out a whole load. But, oh, the, the Menopause Charity was a recent one that I became an ambassador for. So I hope that I can just add my voice and platforms to just to help spread the word a bit. And actually, you know, they do say that it's better to give than to receive. And we know that, don't we, in our hearts. We know that when we do something for others, it comes back to us and we feel so good about it. And it's, it's just part of our life. I guess it comes back to that word purpose, isn't it? It's part of who we should be. And it's, that's actually leads into one of the next questions that I was going to say to you about that that connection between mind and body and actually doing good and receiving good, putting good in. It is mm-hmm. such a key component of our overall well-being because we can feed ourselves mm-hmm. as much good nutrition as we want. But if we're actually not feeling or, you know, again, that purpose, we feel out of sorts, It's we're still a bit out of kilter. You've got to kind of, yeah. you know, even if it's getting work in, in your community and mm, sure, volunteering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, mm. it is so much of a connection, isn't it, for the heart and the head? And it's about supporting others. And I think never more so be more aware of that and, and the community effort that we've needed in the last couple of years to come together and support each other and look after each other. And actually, that is what really makes me sad sometimes, particularly on social media, when I see trolling and bullying mm. and gaslighting. And, you know, Lily experienced that quite recently, actually. And I just think, you know, and it's often women against other women. And I just think, for heaven's sake, you know, where is where is your sense of self-worth and, and sisterhood? You know, life is tough and women should be building each other up, not knocking each other down. There's plenty of room for everybody. We can all be successful. My candle doesn't burn brighter you know, because your candle is lit next to it. You know, I mean, we are we are the light mm. that we hold within ourselves, each and every one of us. And we should just let each other flourish and be generous. And, and it's, I just think we could all perhaps do with being a bit kinder and, you know, cutting some people some slack. You don't know what other people are going through, what they're, what they're suffering with. And I think with social media, particularly, that's, that's a particular danger. Completely, definitely that, and and you know as you just said there about you never know what people are going through. Um, moving away from from the charity side of things, mm. I, I was going through your Instagram, which I love anyway. But then the, you popped a picture on there with lovely Leslie Joseph, who I adore. Who's oh my just, goodness, I, I, she's so brilliant. And it was a picture of you in the pool, um, with uh-huh. Leslie on the poolside, being full on Dorian with a cocktail yeah. from you know a, a good few years ago. But with yeah. and then the follow up picture was a picture of you in an incredible red swimsuit, looking incredible. And you were discussing how you felt in the first picture where mm-hmm. you were actually submerged in the I pool. I was hiding under the water. Yeah, hiding. Yeah. And <laughs> that journey of how you've gone from, because people would have assumed that, you know, working in being a, a face of beauty and lifestyle that you would have perhaps been more confident, but you, you didn't feel like that. And so how that journey that you've reached. I guess, well, I think two things here. One, I didn't feel confident because I didn't actually look that great. 
And it was partly because I just had, uh, I think, probably my third child back then. Um, But I didn't really work out. I didn't exercise. I wasn't toned, not in the same way now. You know, I'm my body is actually a better shape tone wise and strength wise in my 50s than it it was in my 40s, let alone my 30s. And so I was just struck. I was flicking through some archive pictures and Leslie and I had been filming, I think, for GMTV back somewhere like Jamaica or St. Lucia or somewhere. And I was just really struck. I was I was away on holiday this summer in Italy and people were taking pictures by the pool. And I was just really cool about it. And I saw that picture and I can remember the feeling of deliberately sinking down into the water when I saw the camera. And I was literally just sort of put my arms over the side of the pool so nobody could see. So I guess it's also about body confidence. I mm. think we're much more aware these days that you don't have to be a skinny mini and that health comes in lots of different sizes as long as you know you you keep your percentage of body fat down I mean I think that's that is we know that's a killer obesity is a killer so I'm not saying that's a healthy way to be but I think in terms of being bigger and firmer and stronger that's I always talk about fitness and strength rather than slimness and weight With that strength, um, my husband's a PT and, and mm. you know, the key thing he talks to me about all the time is lifting weights and stress. Yes. And we've had- Did to, mine this morning. Yes, exactly. And he's like, had me, you know, doing deadlifts and squats and everything. And wow. I remember f- at first being really put off with that age old thing of going, but I'll look bulky. And mm-hmm. it's just not the way. And especially no, as we age slim. as women. Yeah. And as we age, we do actually need to include strength training into our lifestyles because it helps to retain the muscles and our bone structure much better. That's right, isn't it? Definitely. You know, we lose muscle mass as we age. And I didn't realize actually how much our kids suck out of us. You know, by 5% of calcium during pregnancy that they suck out to make their own little skeletons. And I've had five kids. So, you know, I'm 25% down. So, you know, I've got some serious catching up to do. But yes, you're absolutely right. Bone density, weight bearing exercise, muscle mass, um, tone, helping to speed up your metabolism because you're burning fat faster, you're stronger, your immune system is better supported. And it doesn't take long. You know, I don't have a huge amount of time, but I do have a few weights at home, literally at the end of my bed. And I'll do some weighted squats and some push ups just using my own body weight pretty much every day and then crack on with the day knowing that I've done something. And it makes a massive difference and it's really important if you can get into that habit I wish I'd started in my 40s and not my 50s but I think it's it's not too late I intend to look better in my 60s than I do in my 50s that's the thing it's if you start your journey whenever you know you, yeah, sure. it, you never get to that point where you go oh well it's a bit late now no never nothing, never, never, ever. never never just keep yeah. evolving and uh-huh. having that time to evolve incorporate new things I can't run like I used to you know I, I'm still struggling to run now so now I'm having to think of other things but I'm enjoying weight training I'm, I'm enjoying it and also like what you said there's a confidence that comes from it there's a confidence mm-hmm. in strength in physical strength as well yeah. as emotional strength strength I think yes knowing that you can pick things up knowing that you can cope and I think it does rebound into how you feel about yourself knowing that you're that you're fit and strong and and resilient in every way physically and mentally and emotionally and I just love it because it's quick you know (laughs) and you get results I'm sure your husband you know will confirm that it doesn't actually take much to to get going so I would definitely that is one of my key recommendations is, is to just buy a few weights
how have you juggled business with being a mom and what anchors have you needed to put in place to kind of be present in both spaces because it's really difficult you know I only have one son and I'm like oh my god it is it is hard and I think you know my my motto I try and find balance in everything and say if it's mostly good most of the time then we're doing okay you know it's it's about progress and not perfection I try not to set impossible bars for myself or for others but actually to be fair my my kids are very spread out there's 20 years between my oldest and my youngest Mm -hmm. so I think you know sometimes people say oh five kids how do you do it but you know they're not all grouped together I have huge admiration for for women who have their children you know close together so I had Lily and Guy you know quite early on and and they're now you know he's 29 she's 31 um then I've got brother and Kit who are 19 and 21 so they're another sort of 10 years further down so I had the big ones to help with the little ones and now my <laughs> youngest has just turned 12 so they actually they're they're a gang they're a posse and they look after each other and they're hugely helpful and I rely a lot on in remote working you know it's been great this last particularly with my last child because technology moved on so quickly Mm. being able to do stuff online was was enormously helpful but when Kim and I set up the beauty company we both had young children so we both understood that actually we needed to stop work at three o'clock and don't do the school run you know we could pick up later in the evening after tea bath and bed and all of that so I think having business partners who understand where you are and will allow you to work around your family is also really important. It's so inspirational that Liz though, because again, you did that at a time when that wasn't the culture. The culture was hustle, 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 you know, bigger, 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 faster, faster, faster. So for you to actively be doing that where you're prioritizing family, work, the work life balance, you Mm -hmm. know, that we all strive for is incredible and still built this amazing business, you know, which proved it could completely be done. And that just to fight back and push back against that culture, because I'm seeing that coming back quite a bit now. Mm -hmm. I talked about it on my own Instagram just recently that since Mm -hmm. the pandemic, the hustle, it just seems to be seeping through a little bit, uh, you know, towards us all where we're all a bit scared on social media. If we take a break, if you take a social media detox, will, will the world have changed? Yeah, but I also listened to your trail for this series for the podcast and you know you're saying you, you know you come back after your break and we're all still here we're all still there yeah. <laughs> have a bit more confidence and you know faith in in yourself and in humanity because actually if you build something good people will come and if you have a great product people will buy you know it, it's actually it's not rocket science it's if you are doing something good if you are producing something of value that people want and cherish and find helpful then they're going to stay loyal to you but if you don't that's when you get the fly-by-nights who are just flip 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 oh I'll try that yeah it was okay now I'm going to move on to something else so it is all about I think quality rather than quantity or speed it's definitely that I've I found that and I was really reassured and I felt like like you said having that confidence within what you've created to go actually no I believe in it and I'm passionate about it coming back to that same word you know um moving on slightly much of your work you've covered um the menopause which again mm-hmm. until very recently mm. has been quite a taboo and yeah. we've talked a lot about it on this on this podcast a lot uh, because we th- well personally for me I'm really interested 
interested in it because I saw my mum go through quite a rocky time and and, and we had a, a, a difficult relationship at times because I couldn't understand what was going sure. on with her and I couldn't understand why she wasn't the forceful, powerful woman that I'd always seen her as. So yeah, I was impatient with her. So this is why I wanted to talk about it a lot more to understand it. And it's great that it is coming into the fore now, but do you think that we really should be educating women much, much younger, like in their 30s oh, about this? Sure. For sure. You know, when I wrote my menopause guide book, the good menopause guide, which was probably about six years ago now, this just shows you how much the landscape has changed. My publishers at the time were questioning whether we should have the word menopause on the cover because they thought no woman was going to walk into a bookshop or order online something that had menopause written on it and they wanted to call it something like the secrets of aging well and I I said forget that it's about the menopause so we're going to call it the good menopause guide okay and so we have come a long way I think we have to accept that actually it is you know I remember doing a series with Lorraine on her show and they called it the m word you know, yeah. it was still, oh, what's the M word? Uh, or you talk about the change. And I feel I feel heartbroken for, for women of your mother's generation and mine too, that didn't have better understanding. And there's still, as you say, a lot to be done. And one of the work that I, bit of work I do with the menopause charity is helping to educate GPs and practice mm. nurses and doctors. There's an amazing free training module that all GPs or practice nurses or health practitioners can do from um, a company called 14 Fish that do a lot of online training for the NHS. It's called the Confidence in Menopause Training Programme. And it, it's brilliant and it really helps um, healthcare providers to, to look after women better. And it's really important that we know about it. You know, as, as you, we've talked about, I've got five children. So I've had five sets of midwives, mm. five sets of health visitors, five lots of prenatal, postnatal, five opportunities with gynees and all of that to say, actually, do you know what, Liz? You know, when you get into your 40s, maybe earlier, you will start to notice some changes. You might feel a bit different. You might sleep less well. You might feel more anxious. Your skin might change. You might have pelvic health issues. You might get more UTIs. Your joints might ache. You know, all of these things, severe headaches, which in fact I did get in my 40s and didn't understand why. All of these things are because you're losing estrogen. Don't panic. Come back and chat to us and we'll sort you out. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. And it's just astonishing that women's health is so lacking, I think, in care and attention. And you see that right across the board from budget constraints to the fact that drugs are tested on men and not women. You know, we've no idea what the action is of some of these drugs with a body full of estrogen rather than testosterone because they weren't tested. It's, it is crazy. We've, we've, we've covered that before, uh, you know, it, really? it's, it's, abs- yeah, it's, it's really mm. absolutely mad that that's the situation. We, we did that actually with Mika Simmons. Um, she was oh, I love Mika. Mika's oh. brilliant. Yeah. And we isn't talked about that and yeah, she's fantastic. And we did discuss that because this is the thing that I feel very passionate about is that I, my friend called me a peri pusher because oh, I love it I, because I'm like trying to push the perimenopause. Yes, yeah, <laughs> because the I'm like the peri pusher because I'm going. They're saying, "Why are we talking about this in our conversations?" So because we're at that age, we can't avoid it. We need to think about it. You're so right. You cannot avoid it. This is not an optional extra. This is not a checkbox to say, "Oh, quite fine." So actually, do you know what? I'm going to give that a miss. This is going to happen. 
to all women. You know, if you are born biologically a woman, if you have, if, if you're producing estrogen, you're running on estrogen, then that will decline as you age. Unless, of course, you go into surgical menopause or you're having cancer treatment that has estrogen blockers. But for the majority of women who have, you know, natural periods, you're running on estrogen and it's going to run out, honey. So let's make a plan. That's it. That's exactly it. Let's make a plan. And this is Uh exactly what I'm talking about is being aware of these things. I'm getting so forgetful. I was having these conversations at work with the other women and I'm like, oh my God. So we're all feeling it. We're all Mm -hmm. the same age. We didn't have Mm -hmm. it before. There's definitely something in the water there. Do you know what I mean? Between (laughs) us, we know what's going on. And therefore having these very open and frank conversations so that we're not sat on our own thinking, am I going mad? Am I going crazy? Or having doctors say, well, you know, you've got young children and you've got a very busy career, so maybe you're just a bit depressed. I'm not depressed. (laughs) Yes, have an antidepressant. No, no, no. Antidepressants will do nothing for menopause-induced low mood and depression um, because they don't replace the estrogen that's causing it. And I think actually that's one of the issues that I have with our healthcare system. And I think I'm not GP bashing at all. Our GPs do an amazing job with incredibly low resources for the most part, but they have been trained to treat symptoms. Mm. So when somebody comes to them with a symptom, they're given a pill to fix it rather than look at the underlying cause of what's actually creating that issue in the first place, which often is diet. You know, if you look at diabetes and um, so many other conditions that can be helped with, with proper nutrition and lifestyle. And, but actually GPs aren't taught that. They don't, they don't get that at medical school. So, you know, we can't blame them, but I think it is time to actually say, right, we need better training in certain areas. And, and I think women's health is certainly one of those areas because half their patients are going to lose estrogen, half of them. How are you going to help them? How are you going to help them? And also not not kind of push them away or be, be frightened yourself of the conversation. You know, for a lot of male doctors, we had Dr. Sahar Rokhead on last year and she said, you know, you have to kind of, if you have to push and you have to say, I want to yeah. speak to whoever in your um, practice is the person that deals with women's health and hormones yes. or, or go to another practice to yes. make sure that you are getting the right information. I mean, your your magazine and um, website is incredible and packed with information on so many <laughs> different you. things, including obviously the menopause. Yes. And There's, a whole section menopause. The menopause. There's a whole Perry. section, you yeah. know, it's, it is absolutely <laughs> incredible and so much real insight and expert advice, you know, trusted advice as well, um, which is on there for people to go and check out. Yeah. One of the things though that I think of when I think of you Liz is the word kind and you said it earlier but I think everything that you're about you it's about kindness whether it's kindness to your skin to your body to the people to everything do you think and do you feel that that is part of you to spread kindness it just comes from you (laughs) well do you know I've never never kind of put it into words like that but one of the things I've always said to my children actually is always be a bit kinder than necessary because kindness costs nothing. It comes back to you. The world needs to be a kinder place. And why not be kind when you can be anything, you know, be kind. (laughs) And if not, I think you are in danger of ending up sad, bitter, lonely, you know, and that's, I actually feel very sorry for some of those kind of online trolls and and people Mm -hmm. who do indulge in, in bullying of other women, because I think actually, you can't be a very happy person. You know, where do you let the joy flourish if you're being overtaken by negativity? 
Um, even if it's sort of imperceptible, it's still there within you. So, you know, be kind to others. And it's also a way of being kind to yourself. And actually, as I said before, you know, it's let's leave the world a better place. Otherwise, why are we here in the first place? Just before we finish up, you know, what what are your pillars of health? Like, what are your go-tos when you need a bit of calm for yourself? Yeah. What what do you reach for? What do you practice? Fundamentally, sleep is number one. <laughs> Um, you know, yes, we run on estrogen. So of course I have my HRT and my estrogen as well, but you know, but sleep. So I protect my sleep. I used not to think about it so much. Now I, I don't so much set an alarm for, for when I need to get up. I set an alarm for when I need to go to bed. Mm. So it reminds me not to stay up late, not to do my doom scrolling, to turn off my screens, to take my magnesium, to make sure that, you know, my room is nice and cool, not too hot. So, so sleep fundamentally um, is an absolute pillar and, and a priority. And if you're not getting a good night's sleep, there are so many great apps, there are so many resources out there to, to help you get a good sleep routine going. Um, gut health, obviously I've written lots of books on gut health. So we do have to look after our little gut bugs so they can look after us better. So I have a lot of probiotic and prebiotic foods. I make kefir, I have light yogurt, I have a bit of kimchi now and then, drink kombucha, you know, simple stuff, but it all makes a difference. Um, my absolutes we've talked about before, weights, lifting weights, taking a bit of exercise, stretching out movement of any kind and getting outside. I try and see the first light of day that I try and see, I try and make natural daylight. So before turning on a light bulb, before turning on my screens, I go and either look out of the window if I'm traveling or I physically go and stand outside, even if it's standing on the pavement and just get a bit of that natural sun's daylight, because especially first thing, the sun emits a different form of radiation. You're getting more near infrared. That's targeting our circadian rhythms. It's setting us up for the day. It's having an impact on our mitochondria, our DNA, our cellular health. So simple things and drink loads of water. <laughs> I guess that would be the other one. <laughs> Oh, Liz, I could have kept you here all day. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with me and to get your expert advice. It's so lovely to be here and to have the chance to chat and spread the word. Perry Power. Perry Power, indeed. Absolutely. (laughs) We'll be Perry Pushers together. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like to keep up with Liz on Instagram, then you can follow her at Liz Earl Wellbeing. You can also head over to the website, www.lizearlwellbeing.com. For more wellbeing, fashion and beauty, you can visit us at our website, www.thecapsule.co.uk, where you can also catch up with our previous podcast episodes by visiting the In Conversation page or subscribing to any of our podcast channels and YouTube. This is a brand new season, guys, so do feel free to leave us your rates and reviews and also drop us a message at our Instagram page at Official Capsule. We want a lot more activity this season, so feel free to let us know what you're thinking, post some questions, we're there for it. I'm going to be back next week with another very special guest, but all that's left for me to say today is goodbye. So it's goodbye from Liz. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. And goodbye from me. This episode of the Capsule in Conversation was brought to you by Harrogate Springwater.
Bottled at Source, Harrogate Spring offers a pure, refreshing taste with a delicate blend of naturally occurring minerals and electrolytes, perfect for healthy hydration.